We begin today's daf on Tet Amud Bet, and we are on the bottom at the Mishnah and Ben Bamagadla. We're studying today uh, to the success of Hayda Yisrael. They should reach their goals, and the Nishmat, all of the fallen soldiers, Hashem Yimkom Damam, Utinishmatam Tzurah Vesola Hayim, Amen. And uh, we begin at the Mishnah on Tet Amud Bet. En ben b'magedola l'babaketana. Before they had the Bet Hamikdash, they had the private mizbechot. They were called b'mot. The b'magedola was the public b'ma, which was in Nov, Givon, Shiloh, and then you had the private b'mot that everybody had in their backyards. So the public b'ma is b'magedola. The private altars that they built were called Bamaketana. What's the difference between them? Ela Pesachim. Korban Pesach. Korban Pesach is brought on the Bamagedola, but not on the Bamaketana. Zeakela, then the Mishnah gives a rule. Ko Shehunidar Benidar. Anything that could be donated by an individual or vowed, like a neder. Karet Bebama. That's brought on the Bama, meaning the Bamaketana. But if it's not uh, donatable, the person cannot make a nedav of it, or cannot make a nedav, and ukarev b'bama, is not put on the b'bama. Look at Rashi. En ben b'bama, en nefresh b'sha'at hetera b'amot. Of course, we're talking about b'amot are permissible. Ben b'bama gedola zem is b'ach shel Moshe. Although ben no b'gibon. That's when it was in the no b'gibon. Those are the places where they took Moshe Rabbeinu's mizbeh. The b'bama ketanam is b'ach shel yachid. Everybody built a private altar in the backyard. Comes again and says Pesachim Vetula. That's the only difference. Pesachim. Someone says can be why? Ema Kein Pesachim. It means things that are like Korban Pesach. Now why can't the Gemara accept? Maybe maybe the only difference is Pesachim. So she says Pesachim Vetula VeHaKetani Sefa Kosher Nidar VeNidav. Exactly. The Mishnah later on gives us a much wider rule. And that rule is anything that's not donated and not uh, um, vowed uh, is brought on a ketana, but not on a gedola. So if that's the case, let's take the Qurban Tamid. Tamid Shashah, Tamid Shubin Arbaim. You don't vow it, you don't donate it. So it should be brought on the Bama Gedola. So why did the Mishnah only say, Pesachim? Anything that's not, any, any public offering that's uh, brought, mandatory, should be brought on Bama Gedola. So why did the Mishnah only say then, Pesachim. So the Gemara answer is Ke'en Pesachim, which means things that are like Pesachim, meaning Chovot uh, Sibur, obligation of the Sibur, uh, that have a fixed time to it. Like Pesach has a fixed time to it. Ere Pesach, Korban Tamir has a fixed time to it. As opposed to Par Ha'ilim Davash Sibur. If the Kohen uh, makes a mistake uh, in a ruling and you have to bring a Par Ha'ilim Shadavash Sibur, there's no time to that. That's whenever it happens. So that's not brought on a Bama Ketana and not on a Bama Gedola. So it's Pesachim and Ke'en Pesachim. Chovot Sibur Shekavu Alahem Zman. So the Mara says, Pesachim Vetula, Ema Ke'en Pesachim. Mani, who's the author of Amishnah? Rabbi Shimon, in Detanya. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Av Sibur, Lorkribu Ela Pesachim Vechovot Shekavu Alahem Zman. Aval Chovot Shekavu Alahem Zman. Aval Chovot Shekavu Alahem Zman. Acha Vacha Lo Kalev. But if it's a chovad, it's not kavolahem zman. It's not brought, not here and not there. That's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Of course, Hakamim uh, argue on that. But uh, Amishnah is going like the shita of Rabbi Shimon. Well, let's say seir of avodah zarah. The people do avodah zarah. They have to be a seir of avodah zarah. It's chovad sibur, but it's in kavolahem zman. So it's not karev lo hacha, but lo hacha. But nitin and ben shilo nirushalayim. There's no difference between. Uh, Shiloh. Shiloh is the Mishkan uh, at Shiloh. Tell me about the Mikdash that was in Yerushalayim. What's the difference then? Ela, she Shiloh, Kedashim Kadashim Kalim, Masa Shini Mikhadaroe. In Shiloh, ye ate Kadashim Kalim, that's like Kurban Shalamim, and Masa Shini Mikhadaroe. Which means you ate it not only uh, in the confines of Shiloh, but you were able to eat it in any place that you could see Shiloh from. It's called Bechol Haroe. But when they had the Beit HaMikdash, then these items can only be eaten within the walls 
of Yerushalayim. Vechan vechan, kodshik kodashim, nechelim with three minakelim. In both cases, kodshik kodashim, without we like korban, hatat must be eaten within the confines of the chasid of the mishkan, and in Yerushalayim within the confines of the walls of the azara, which would be like the kalayah uh, mishkan, the azara would be the walls of the of the Beit HaMikdash so that's uh, that, 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 that sense the recall comes the Gemara and says Amishnat Kedushat Shiloh Yesh Achareha Eter which means after Shiloh was destroyed it was permissible to bring Korbanot on the Bamot on the private Mizbechot uh, um, however Kedushat Yerushalayim and Achareha Eter once Yerushalayim was destroyed like it is now there's no Eter for Bamot anymore you, know, you can't just bring uh, private uh, private uh, private Bamot <laughs> Okay. Fine. Mm, okay. Gemara. Amar Bitzchak. Rabbi Bitzchak says, Shamati, I heard from my rabbi, Shemakrimi Bet Honyo. There was a Mizbeah that the son of Shimonat Sadiq built in Mitzrayim and uh, in Alexandria. They built a Bet Mikdash in Alexandria. With the Mizbeah over there. An amazing story. And uh, uh, it was called Bet Honyo. So he says, I heard that they bring Korbanot in this place. So the Mara says, Bismanazir, which is after Bet Mikdash, Behorban Bet Mikdash. Kasabar, Bet Honyo, Lab Bet Avodazarai. First of all, he has to hold that it was built to Shem Shaman because the whole Mahloket, what the status of Bet Honyo was. Some say it was just built to Shem Avodazara. So it was built to Shem Avodazara. Forget about bringing Korbanot over there. The whole place is Pasut. So obviously this rabbi holds that Bet Honyo was built L'shem, L'shem Shabbat. And he must also hold and Kasabar Whatever David Amelech did in Shalom when they built the Bet HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, that was only a temporary Kedushah when the Bet HaMikdash was built. But once the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed, the Kedushah left, and therefore you were allowed to bring Korbanot in other places. Not like we said in Amishnah. This opinion saying Kedushah, 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 it was a temporary Kedushah. Velo Kedushah, Latid Levo. If the Kedushah would still remain in Yerushalayim, he'd be stuck. He can't be Korbanot anywhere else but in Yerushalayim, even at the time of the Korban. So the Mara says, Dekhtib, how do you know that the Kedushah was temporary? Kilo batem ad'ata ila menucha vela nachala. So it says, Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to the Jewish people. Menucha zushilo venachala zu Yerushalayim. Which means he's coming to him and said that the Hetet to bring Korbanot in the Bama is only when there was no Mishkan in Shiloh and there was no Bet HaMikdash. Then already, when there's no Shiloh, which is the primary place, and there's no Mikdash, so then you can bring Bamot. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the people, Ki lo batem adata ila menucha vila nachala. You didn't build Shiloh yet, nor did you build the Bet HaMikdash. Therefore you could do Bamot. Now he's comparing Shiloh to the Bet HaMikdash because it puts it in the same pasuk Menucha Nachala Makish Nachala Le Menucha Ma Menucha Yesh Achalea Heter Af Nachala Yesh Achalea Heter That just like Shiloh everybody agrees is a Heter after Shiloh was destroyed to bring the Bamot so too after the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed is a Heter to bring Bamot is a Heter to bring Korbanot so he has a pasuk Nachala Menucha so, so that's why he says I heard that they're bringing Korbanot in, uh, in Honyo Oh, it was for us all question. How can they bring korbanot? I thought everybody's tameh in chutzlaris. Tumat eretz amin. There's a tumah. Rabbis put a tumah stam. And, uh, nothing to do with touching a corpse or something. Stam avira or the earth of chutzlaris. Uh, uh, the rabbis put a tumah on it. So how can they bring a korban in Alexandria? Even if they went to the mikveh and no, everything, but still the tumat eretz amin. Not just supposed to have to wave it. Uh, so the Kabbalah went to him, Amarava, Ha'elohim, Amara. As I swear, I heard the Rabbi Yitzhak, you did say it. Vegamina lamine. Not only that, he taught it to us. I learned it from him. Oh, but it must be retracted. 
So the Gemara says, Umay ta'ama kahadarbe. So why did he retract then? When they asked him, hey, Rabbi, did you say it? When he said, no, he wasn't lying. He was saying, I retract, meaning I changed my mind. Why did he change his mind? Bishum Kasha. Because he had the following question. Did Rav Mori. Rav Mori had a question. The motive Rav Mori, that you're telling me what? That after the Chorban Bet HaMikdash, they're bringing Korbanot on the Bamot in Honyo. Can't be. Why? Kedushat Shilo Yesh Achareha Heter. Kedushat Yerushalayim En Achareha Heter. So first we have a statement. Where's that statement from? Mishnah. Mishnah. <laughs> so what it be like? Are you going to be finished Mishnah? The Mishnah clearly said, Kedushat Yerushalayim En Achareha Heter. Once Yerushalayim was destroyed, there's no Heter to bring anything. So what are you talking about? You can't argue with the Mishnah. Mishnah. Unless he has a Tanah somewhere in his pocket. But without showing us another Tanaic statement, the Mishnah bin Fidu said, And now we have another Mishnah, When they came to Yerushalayim, Clearly, Bamot become forbidden. So what did we say before? We look at Shana at Tidlavo, we had a Pasuk. Yeah, that's the way to be Tzachver at the Pasuk. That's a bit hard to say. Very nice to say a bit hard, but you did a shot runs against two mishnayot, one in Masechet Megidah, one in Masechet Zevarim. Velo yadem od eter, and there was no more eter for these people for forever. The he aital nachala, and that's what it means when it says nachala in the pasuk. He don't batem adata the menuchav and nachala. Nachala is the better megdash, and that's it. There's no eter. So the Gemara says, oh, exactly. He didn't notice mefirush mishnah. Pumishnayoti totally uh, missed. So the Gemara says, can't be that he was basing himself on other Tanaim. Oh, okay, as long as you show me one Tana that agrees with the Bitzhak, so he's fine. So the Gemara says, Tanaehi. It's actually Mahloka Tanaim. Uh, this concept over here, if the Kedushah Yerushalayim, after the Hormam Bet HaMikdash, uh, 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 remained the Kedushah, or did the Kedushah go away? Why did none? We have a Mishnah Masechet Eduyot. Amar bili Ezer, Shamati, I heard from my rabbi, because you're putting by when you're putting the Beta Magdash, by Chenin, in the times of Ezra Sofer, as Osim Kelaim, Daichal. They were building the, the walls for the Hechal, I should say, the, right, the place where they were, the walls of the Hechal were supposed to be built, the permanent walls, so they put Kelaim. Kelaim is like uh, curtains, temporary walls, like they, 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 they drew a line. This is the area where the Hechal is supposed to be. So before they built the actual walls, they put up curtains to make a demarcation exactly where the Hechal would be. They were seeing the Kedaim Azara. And before they built the actual Azara, the uh, courtyard, they built you know, temporary partitions and temporary curtains. Well, what's the difference? The, 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 the only one difference between the way they put up the partitions for the Hechal and the partitions for the Azara. The Hechal the builders could not be inside the Hechal area. It's Kadosh. So they had to put the curtains from the outside. They stood on the outside and they put the curtains from the outside. The Azara, they were allowed to be in. So they, were, they, put, they stood in the Azara and they put the curtains uh, from inside. Understand? They built the Kedayim uh, from the Hechal. The builders stood on the outside because you can't go into the Hechal. Oh, they the the no, no. Well, 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 they put up the curtains first, and the same thing. What do you when they put up the building? What do you when they put up the? Curtains? So they put the yeah, because the the, what, what do you learn from there? That the place, even though it was the destroyed, was the kiddushah was still there. So therefore, they had to deal with it. What do you mean? There's no, there's, there's no, there's no hechal here. No, they said where was the bezbeiah, and therefore they were stuck because the kiddushah is still remaining in that place. Today, can we go on the Temple Mount? Today we can't go on the Temple Mount. Why? There's no better because there's a mosque over there. Go on the Temple Mount. No, because the kiddushah is still there. The kiddushah is kiddushah. So I can go up there. You tell me. Anyway, I'm going to be with Shua Shamati. As I heard that you can bring Kurbanot in the place of the Mikdash. Again, in the place of the Mikdash, even though there's no official Bayit, the walls fell. Even though there's no walls uh, demarking the Azara. And you can eat Okay, now that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehoshua. Yehoshua says Shamati. 
Now, what's the Eliezer's opinion? If Rabbi Yeshua is talking, then he must be the Eliezer doesn't agree with him. You understand? There's two statements in this Mishnah here. That when they were building the Hechal, they built these Kilaim, and they did all the stuff over here. And then you have Rabbi Yeshua comes along and says, I heard that in Yerushalayim, the Kedusha in Yerushalayim is still there. That even though it's destroyed, they bring in Korban on the place. So the Gemara says, "Mechlad Rabbi Yehuda Savar lo kedushah atid lavo." If Rabbi Yehuda is saying that the kedushah is still there, must be Rabbi Yehuda. That's the Mishnah is arguing on him, and therefore what? And therefore, since the kedushah was batel, that's why you cannot bring korbanot in that place, and therefore, in order to sanctify it, uh, they have to put a mizbeach over there, and that's why they built the hechal. Uh, in order to, when they, when they built the, uh, what do you call it, when they went to back to the Shem, they had to re-sanctify the place. So when did they re-sanctify it? They built Kilaim, and at the time they built the Kilaim, they re-sanctified the place, they rejuvenated According to the first, second rabbi, you don't have to rejuvenate the place. The Kiddushah is there. You don't have to build Kilaim and go do anything. It's, it's, it's Kadosh. It's, it's, it's Kadosh Memela. All he said is a statement, Kilaim on the inside, because the Kiddushah is still Right, there. because at that point they re, they, they re, they re uh, established it. If it was there, you're stuck anyway. The Kedushah is there. So they built Kedayim from the house, and they said, now we're Mekadesh the Makom. Now we're Mekadesh the Makom. So you ask me a question. If they didn't Mekadesh the they could have built it from right. inside. Right. Okay, so we'll see. But the point is that they built uh, Kedayim, and uh, uh, standing on the outside, and Azara uh, on the inside. And it seems that that's when they sanctified it. Whereas the Bush said, no, the Kedushah was there, even at the time of the destruction. Look at that sheet. It's like halfway down. Why do you say you needed these curtains? They put these kilaim over here uh, before they actually built the permanent. And they needed to go to the re-sanctification process. There's a way they have to sanctify the place. Like it says in Masechet Shavuot. Oh, so comes the Gemara and says. Why did you have to do it from the inside? Oh, so we're gonna see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. And then why did they have to do it over there? We're gonna see. So Gemara says, "I'm a little bit now So you want to tell me some halakha? Oh, so so therefore, to be Yitzhak, you're in. You have a rabbi that agreed with you, although he retracted. But bottom line, you can't say he was off base because there's a rabbi. He has to be in the Aizid that agrees with him, that the Kiddushah went off. So that's what Abidi Yitzhak said, listen, I heard, by the way, at the time of the destruction, they're bringing Kurbanot and Honyo. How can I be Kurbanot and Honyo? Because uh, the Kiddushah of Yerushalayim was only a temporary Kiddushah. It was a temporary Kiddushah. So it was, Amar le Ravina, Amar le Mimai. Who told you this is Mahlokar over here? Dilma dekula alma, Kiddushah dekula kiddushah la sha'ata, ve kiddushah la atid lavo. Umor maidisham yalek amar, which means they're not arguing. Just each rabbi is testifying. Which is Duyot, by the way, which is the Masechet of testimonies, is just testifying what he heard. The B the as it testifies. By the way, you know, I heard when they were building the Beit they built these curtains uh, originally, and then uh, the B Yeshua said, I heard that they were bringing korbanot in that place, even after the destruction. Why does it have to be mahalukit? So two, two rabbis in the Mishnah right away said, oh, must be the Bishos, are you going to be the answer? Maybe they're both saying the same thing. Also, if they're both saying the same thing, that really the Kiddushah Yerushalayim was there from the beginning. So then why, according to the B, the Ezzet, did you have to build Kilayim? The Chaura, the, the reason why we understand why he had to build Kilayim initially, because that was the sanctification. The Kilayim actually sanctified the place. Oh, so if the, kilayim, if the place was sanctified from the from, from initially, so what do you have to build this kilayim, which was a sanctification process? So the Gabbara says, Imkin, Vichitem, a kilayim, it'll be the eyes of Lama. So what do you need a kilayim for? The Sneuta, Be'alma. Just for Sneut purposes, because the place was Kadosh, so they wanted to uh, put a barrier up. Now, again, so in Hav Amira, we thought the kilayim is rededication. It wasn't a rededication. It was dedicated already from the times of the destruction. It was dedicated. So what are you putting, what are you putting Kilayim on? Just build it. Uh, because you're right, it'll take time to build. But when they got back to the Temple Mount, they wanted to make Siniut. They should have put spices Kadosh, mark it off, put a, put a barrier over here. Nothing to do for, for sanctification purposes. So therefore, that went back to a problem because it comes out according to this, that Bitzhak has no, uh, has no rabbi. 
No, that's why he retracted. <laughs> There's no, the no opinion. So Yabara says, no, can't be. Because if he said it and he quoted Pesukim, right? It's the following Tanaim. Oh, now we have a Mishnah Erkin. Uh, the Mishnah Erkin lists uh, a certain amount of cities that were walled, that had a wall around it from the times of Yeshua ben Nun. And therefore, these um, uh, cities have a law of Bate Arechoma. Okay. What's the laws of Bate Arechoma? If a person, let's say, sells a piece of uh, real estate, he's able to redeem it only after uh, two years after the sale. And if he didn't uh, redeem it after that time, it returns to the uh, owners at the time of Yuvel. That's in a regular open city. However, Bata'ar Echoma, you can only redeem them um, during the first year. And if you don't redeem it during the first year, they remain by the uh, purchaser forever. Bata'ar Echoma, it's close in the Torah. Again, a walled city from the Taz Yoshua, when you bought the guy sold his house. The sale is not final till a year. That means the seller can go within the first year and say, listen, uh, I changed my mind, I got money, uh, I, I, I redeemed it, and I want my house back. He cannot contest it. No, you sold it to me. I sold it to you, but it's about the Arehoma. After one year, even if the guy comes into money, too late. The sale becomes conclusive, and it doesn't even come back in your veil. Finished. The sale is conclusive forever. So it's important to know which cities were walled from the times of Yeshua, in order to, so this, by the way, there's two halakhot in, in Judaism that you need to know, Bata'ar Echoma, from the Tazi Yoshua. Megillat Esther and Bata'ar Echoma. That's the only two things you need to know why a city was walled. So whenever somebody mentions that subject, walled in the Tazi Yoshua, you either know he's talking about the laws of Bata'ar Echoma or Megillat Esther. Those are the only two things that have a ramification if it had a wall in the times of Yoshua. Anyway, no, today, uh, today, you see, it doesn't apply. It does. It does. It does not apply. But according to I think I think you need to have your veil in play. You need to have your veil in play. Although your veil doesn't affect, but you need to have the bismanche your veil kayam. And we don't follow your veils today. It applies to eruvin. Now we can, doesn't have to be in terms of Yeshua. Anyway, uh-huh. anyway. But the point is that today wouldn't apply because we don't have your veil. We don't have beti. Anyway, uh, the, the rabbi is listed in the Mishnah Erchi nine cities that were walled from the times of Yeshua uh, Benun. So the Rabbi Ishmael said, said that these, um, these are walled from the times of Yeshua, and therefore the, the houses in that city have a deen of Batare Choma. There's not nine, there's many, many cities that were walled. Um, so the Gemara answers when the people came back from Babel to Israel they found these cities and they what does Kitshum mean? they re-sanctified them however the other cities that were walled from the times of Yoshua at the time of the Churban the Kedushah Left, and therefore, once the Kedushah left, so therefore they didn't re-sanctify it. So the, you know, now this is very strange of it. Certain cities they re-sanctified for some reason only re-sanctified nine. What about everything else? Everything else. Once you, once the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, the Kedushah of those cities left. So the Gemara says, Alma kasabar Kedushah rishma kachalishata velo kachalatidavo. That's right. You see clearly in the fact that they had to re-sanctify those cities, that means the Kedushah was Kedushah L'Sha'atah. Why, why did the rabbis have to come back to, from Bavel and re-sanctify these cities? And, and what about the other cities? Are the other cities lost the Kedushah? So they took nine cities and they, re, they re-established them. That means the Kedushah Yerushalayim was a temporary Kedushah. Oh, so we found a friend for the Beitzhag. We found a Tanah for the Beitzhag that the Kedushah was... Temporarily, oh, so it's temporary. Beautiful. That's why they can bring Kurmanot and Honyo because so the Kedusha left in Ushalayim. So the Gemara says, hold it. What do you mean? We have a question. Amar Bishmah Ben Yosef, Vichi Elu Bilvad Ayu. What are you talking? Only these nine cities uh, were walled. Vahalo Kivan Neymar when Moshe Rabbeinu conquered Eved Yarden. We're going to read it in the Varim Shishim Eir Kol Hevel Argob. That Moshe Rabbeinu conquered 60 cities 
the uh, the strip called Heaven Argov. Uchti even it says about this strip that he conquered called Arim Bitsurot Homa They're walled. So what are you talking about? There's nine cities? We know there's at least sixty cities in that eight region that were walled from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. That what uh, um, when Moshe when the people came back from the Gola they found these cities and they sanctified them. Now the Gemara says Kitchum. What do you mean Kitchum Ashta? Now they sanctified them. Oh, we don't have to make kadesh them. Why? Because once it's walled from the times of Yeshua, why would why, why, why be Kitshum? You don't have to make Kadesh them. They're Kadosh by themselves. So the Gemara says, Ela matzu et elu uminaum. Uh, not that they consecrated them. They just counted them. They found these nine cities. They uh, identified them. Uh, and they counted them. Oh, velo elu bilvad. Not only these nine, by the way. Ela kol shetale lechem masorit biyadechem avotech. Any city that you have a tradition. From your fathers, all the Oh, so now we have a problem. We have a contradiction because the first Braita was also Rabbi Ishmael, by the way. The first Braita said, and what did he say over there? The rabbi, the people came back from Babel, and they consecrated it. And then over here it said, no, 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 they consecrated it. It was consecrated already. They just identified them and counted them. Make up your mind, Rabbi Ishmael. It's a big nafkamina. If you say Kidshum, that means the Kiddusha went off. If you say Manum, that means the Kiddusha was still on. Rabbi Ishmael, you should tell yourself in two different varieties. Kashya. Okay, but it's easy answer. There's two Tanaim that heard uh, or had different accounts in what the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael was. So in the Bishma Rabbi Yosef, it's Machlok, if the Kedusha remained or, or left. Now, one statement is Rabbi Ishmael, and one is Rabbi Ishmael Rabbi Yosef. And what is Rabbi El Azar Rabbi Yosef? So it's different rabbis. It's not the same rabbi. The Tanya, Rabbi El Azar Rabbi Yosef Amar. It says in the pasuk by uh, the laws of Batiari Choma, Asher Lo Choma. That's correct. It's written. Uh, we read it Lo Choma, meaning it has a Choma, meaning Lo Lamed Vav, but it's read. It's written. I mean Lamed Aleph. No, I said lo choma that it does not. So make up your mind, lo yeah or lo no. How could you have uh, the same word? So Yehuda says, "Afapi she'en no achshav la'ya lo kodem lachen," which means I said la'ya lo. It had a choma, but it does not have one now. Lo choma, lamidvav lamidalif. Teach me what? That as long as it had a wall in the times of Yeshua, it's considered b'teyari choma. Now what? What does that teach me over there? And you don't have to sanctify it. It's sanctified already. That's the opinion of Rabbi Azab Rabbi Yosef. Oh, then the other rabbi that said you had to sanctify it is Rabbi Yishmael Rabbi Yosef. So we found the Mahlukit amongst the Tanaim. Beautiful. Either way, it is indeed a Mahlukit Tanaim. And therefore, the Bitzhak is good. Bitzhak. You have to retract. Why did he retract? Can the day he change his mind? Because this time he decided to align himself. To. Yeah, he didn't have to. Which means we thought he retracted because right. there was no opinion. How do you say such a thing? No, he retracted the stuff. Maybe so the consensus wasn't like him, or he changed his thing. Okay, rabbis can retract. That doesn't bother us. We thought but the retraction was because it was a mistake. No, it was retracted because <laughs> Okay, that's the sugiyam. Now we start the dira show. A lot of tosfot over here. Let's learn a little. So we just do the daf, and then we'll go back to tosfoti. Uh, the truth of the magic, you, you have to do the Tosfot. You got to do the, the second Tosfot because it, it's really the question. It's the question. Look, look at the Tosfot. His question is a little different. How did he originally make his statement? He didn't know the Mishnayot. He didn't know Mishnah in Megillah. He didn't know the Mishnah in, uh, in Zevahi. Maybe he didn't know the Mishnah. Tosfot gives us a cloud. Amoraim knew all the Mishnayot. You can't say Amorah didn't know the Mishnah. You can say Amorah maybe didn't hear of a Braita. Because the bright thought, everybody had bright thought in their pocket. You know, they were they were they were not codified. So Tosfot says, 
הקשרב רבי חיים, רבי חיים. ומתחילה, איך היא אמר למלתה, איך היא לא היה יודע משנה, והלא הן שגורות בפי כל. הרבה נאות משניות. ועוד כאשר כיוון לתנאי, יו קוושן רבי יעקב, אתיין בסצה אינדי למחלוקת תנאים. אמי הדרבה. וואי רבי צ'ראקט. למה ענה דאמי, כמעט דאמר, לא קדשן. Just let him say, what do you mean? I'm going like the opinion that says that the Kiddushah left. Lamaskarat Gemara, why did he retract? Understand the question? It's a very strong question. Just what's the question? Chenereh, Rav Rabbi Chaim, Tekula Alma Modu, Tebeshebao Yerushalayim, Nesru Abamot, Veshuv Dwaya Lahem Eter. Everybody agrees. Once they built Bet HaMikdash, the Bamot are over. That's not a discussion. And it is by Pedigi. The man that said Lo Kedsha, the Machlok is the court opinion that says Lo Kedsha, that the Kedusha was temporary. Savar de Apim Komoshil Mizbeach En Yecholim Lehakriv Akshav. The argument is the Makom of the Mizbeach itself, which means the Temple Mount. So the opinion that says Lo Kedsha Natid Lavo holds even the Makom of the Temple Mount. Lost its kedusha. The whole so the whole machloket was not like a bebamot. Like a bebamot, the shore it's asur. We're not discussing that. Once the bet of was destroyed, game over with bamot. Therefore, the bitzayik had no choice but to retract. Yeah, but Rabbi, we have a machloket over here. No, this whole machloket is like a bear, the makoma mikdash itself. The opinion that says the kedusha is still there says, and therefore you can bring korbanot here. And the opinion is that the Kedusha left means you cannot bring here. But Bamot, nobody says you can bring a Bamot. So we just limited the whole Mahloket of Kedusha, La'atid Avo or not, to the Makom HaMizbeach. Once you say that nobody is Matid Bamot, so then the Rebbe Yitzhak had no choice to retract. He had no choice to retract. Okay? How does it all apply today with the court and all that? We have now. Yeah, so if, so if you hold, if, if, if we hold, how do people hold it? It's not. Ah, they hold the kedusha. We have to have Rambam as posek. That's a great question. To open up the Rambam. Yeah. Rambam, bring us the Rambam. It's a perik aleph milchot bet bechira. Yeah. Bring a milchot bet bechira. You'll see exactly uh, how Harabam is posek, and then it's a big, uh, big discussion. Right. Let's we re-sanctify it. Okay. What is it? Hilchot bet abechira. Which perek? Perek Aleph Gimel. Aleph Gimel. Aleph Gimel. No, but the Okay, till we find it. But the Harabam is for sake. I have it here. I have it here. I have it here. Okay. I just need the Halakha. Yeah. What the hell is this? Yud? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kedushari Shona. Who am I reading over here? Kedushah Rishona Shekidshah Shalomo Shekidesh Ta'azara Virushalayim Kedshah Nashatan Vekedshah La'atid Lavo Lefichach Makribim HaKorbanot Kulan Afapi She'en Shambayit Banui The place is Kadosh Technically you can bring Korbanot On that spot Ve'okhrin Kudshay Kodashim Mechol Azara Wherever the Azara was Still has Kedushah Vda Azara even though it's destroyed, the not to know what the Masot, okay, fine. Now, what does that mean to us today? So he says over here. Right, that's a problem with Tamez. So therefore, he can't go up there. 
It's Kadosh and Sud Karet to go under the place of the Megdash. Why are the Arabs are going up there? Okay. So he says over here. Amar Biyoshua Shabbati Shemakrimim Afapish and Bayit. Leor Devrea Gemarash and Fiskul Al Kakarambam. Danu Aposkim Barbet Dorot Sheme. Maybe we should bring korbanot. We should, we should, we should, uh, you know, make efforts to stop. Maybe we have to wait until you get a navi to tell you to do it. Because that's the stifler. After he brought this halakha, you can bring korbanot even though there's no better mikdash. Katav she'ena kavan al mashiach alav chiyuv lehakriv. Not that it's mandatory. Achshav shuhalev the davar baruru. Tanu shekol mashemakrim avapishen bay to the shoot velo chova. So the chenuch holds. Don't think it's a mandatory item to be. Otherwise, we're stuck. Then we'd have to go start uh, making riots to, to stop bringing korbanot. Betama davad. Kilat Yaakov explains. Kivan shloni tana kiyim etadin akriv el petach oil moed. Now, since there's no official peta oil moed, so it cannot be an obligation. Okay, fine. It's asur. Why is it asur? Should be nyan siyun katav shekivan shekatun parashim hokotai. Velo areyach, God says, I'm not going to smell. Bereyach ni hochachem. Mevoar she'ena korbanot shemakrimu zmana galut olot areyach ni hawah. Right, it's a curse. We, it, 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 although it, technically you could bring them, but they lost their reyach ni hawah status. And once you lose your own Yahweh status, they're not they're not worth anything. You have to bring the Zebach But the but the said you can bring. That meant in the times of Israel so fair when they started to build the Beit Hamikdash, so already God was pleased with Am Yisrael. So that's what it was saying. You could bring even though the temple wasn't officially built, but not when it's destroyed. They want to go that far. Okay, that's the way of learning. So then he says over here, "V'omnam matzaru berabim and adishonim v'achamish shadanu akorbanot korban bezman azeh velo sabru sheish minia beetz bechlamat korbanot." They say really, there's no problem to bring korbanot. Kaftor baper havi davar urbeyu echiel me Paris. Amar, wow, lavodi rushalayim is ram negori Jerusalem. Vehi b'shnat sheva esrel elef hashishi, elef hashishi. That's five thousand. Shiva is uh, 17. So 5,017 is 700 years ago. More, 750 years ago. What happened? He said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. He's ready. He's going. He's going to make a pilgrimage. He's going to make a pilgrimage. Yeah. Maybe we can make a pilgrimage today. And Danu. משום שאלות אחרות כמו שאין אנו יודעים מהו התחייב אנו יודעים מקום המזבח that's a technical part, we don't know where the מזבח was you can bring Kodobana today go find a spot, you have to bring it in the where the מזבח was so we don't know where the spot was exactly you know, nobody has, uh, they didn't put a you know, a marker over there. So, so there's a technical problem over there ומעשה רבו גדולנו שפקפקו בקרוב כמה זמן הזה it's an amazing thing Okay, so the whole discussion. But Lamar said there's some rabbis that wanted to say, he said, the rabbi from Paris wanted to go to Jerusalem and record Manot. But the part what we have now has Kiddushah? Yeah, that's the whole point. Kiddushah. Kiddushah that you No, the Kotel allows us to, to, to go there. No, that's not, that's not the Temple Mount, but the, the mosque. There's Kiddushah over there. Yeah, but that, that's uh, that's historical. That, that doesn't that, that doesn't bother us. Yeah, it's historical. It was, but if you, if you know, but if, oh, oh, you want to know where it is? Know it. Yeah, if you can figure it out, okay. And obviously, Nabi Chayim Paris knew because he was going to bring korbanot. So obviously, he was going to bring it somewhere. It's an amazing thing. Ah, so the bit of Magdalen has kedusha over there. Wow. Okay. Very good. Comes again and says, now we start the derashot. Now, and, and the truth of the matter is, by the way, Once the whole Sibur is Tameh, we waive the laws of Tumah also. So we don't have to even worry about the laws of Tumah. So technically, while we're not allowed to go up on the Temple Mount Stam, 
But let's say we were going up to bring Kurbanot, we'd be allowed to, even though we're Tameh. Because don't we say that you're allowed to bring Kurbanot if the whole Sibur is Tameh, the laws of Tumah are waived. So they were te- the, the, the reason why we're not going up is not because you're not allowed to go up. You can go up to bring a Kurban. But who's bringing a Kurban today? So the person, then you go back to the Sukkot, they're going into the Makom and They put a sign up. The Orthodox Jews are not allowed to go up. Not even Reform Jews cannot go up. <laughs> they put the sign under the Orthodox Jews. Uh, no Jew can go up. It doesn't matter if it's Orthodox or not. Jews are Jew. The Jew is a Jew, right? Okay, continue. Okay, now we got to move. Okay. Amadabidavivetimarabinotan. <laughs> What's the next pasuk? What's the next thing? Vayarashem ki lebatra at Adam. The people were bad. Vayhi binos amikedem. What they do? Habanet nelanuid. They built a tower. Vayhi bimeam lafed. Asum alhama. Vayhi biyot Yeshua bilicho. The angel came. Harboshul fabiado. Vayhi shemit Yeshua. Achan. Vayhi malu bin Israel. The people took from the spoils of the war. Vayhi ishachan menanamataim. What happened? Ki etchana ahev. Hashem sagar alhama. Hana was barren. His children not follow his ways. Yeah, but what happened? David. Shaul was antagonizing David. What did God tell David after that? You're not going to build the Oh, so the Gemara already proved it's uh, it's, pro, it's point ten times over. Vahi. Trouble's coming. That day of the inauguration of the Mishkan was like the day of the when God created the heavens and the earth. So the Gemara says, so you see, uh, he's a great day. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? We know what happened on that day. Nadav Avihu died. All the Vahis in the creation of the world. All those are great things. So the Gemara says, okay, we have to adjust our, uh, our rule. Vahi can go either way. Vahi sometimes is good, sometimes is is bad. But whenever Vahi bimeh, then you know there's trouble. Okay, Hamisha Vahi bimeh havu. Vahi bimeh hashverosh. Vahi bimeh shvot hashovetim. Vahi bimeh amlafed. Vahi bimeh achaz. Vahi bimeh yoyakim. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the rule of. The Rabbi Shlomo Elkabetz explains what is this inyan that in Vayhi El Lashon Tsar? How does it work? So he explains it grammatically. He said, take the word um, Haya. What is Haya? Haya's was. Ervav tahaya, vehaya, it turns it into future. Now, send the vav, haya tahaya, makes it futuristic. Take the word yehi. What is yehi? Yehi is future. Right? Put a vav in front of yehi, becomes vahi. What is vahi? Past. So he explains. The Gemara says in a different place, en vehaya illa shun simcha. The Hayah is the Lashon of Simcha. Why? Because you want to take your memories from the past and you want to carry them on to the future. So therefore, Vehaya, you're taking Hayah, past, and making Vehaya. You want to carry it on to the future. You want it to continue. So it must be a good thing. 
Mashiachin Vayhi, Yehi is future, present future, meaning what's happening. Stuff that you want to put behind you, that must have been a bad thing. Because you're making from Yehi into what? Vayhi. You're putting the Vav. Vayhi puts it in past tense. So obviously, things that you want to put behind you must be Lashon Sa'ad. The Vav is the, is the deciding factor. Very interesting. Okay, continue. Okay, we have a tradition from our uh, for our fathers. What's the tradition over here? So, so the tradition is Amots. Who's Amots? The father of Yeshaya. Hazon Yeshaya ben Amots. Right. So Amots. Amatia. Who's Amatia? He was one of the kings. Amots Amatia Achim Abu. Okay. So now you like that? They were brothers. Mike Kamashmalan. What do we need to know that for? What's what's the practical lesson that Amot and Amatia were brothers? Kihad Amar Bishwe Banachmani Amar Bunatan. Kol Kala Shihit Sinua Bebet Hamiha. Any daughter in law or bride that is modest when she's living by her father in law's house. From her is going to come out kids that eventually either will become kings and prophets. How do we know Tamar was modest? Because the Pasuk says, Yehuda saw her on the road. He thought that she was a Zona because she covered her face. Now, what do you mean? On the contrary, a zona doesn't cover her face. So the Gemara says, "Mishum de kiseta paneh ve'yashvel zona." So the Gemara answers, "Ela mishum de kiseta paneh bebet hamiha," because she always covered her face when she was living by Yehuda. He didn't know who she was. Ve'lo avayadala. On that day, she didn't cover her face, but he had no idea that was Tamar. She's living by Yehuda, the father of how many years? He doesn't even know what she looks like. So you see what she was. Uh, she was modest. So the Bible says, so what happened from this Siniut? How do you know? Right, because there's Tamar ended up having Peretz. And Peretz is the, the dynasty of kings. And the David. Now, at least he had prophets. Now, the kings we have is David, no problem. And that's Amatia, by the way. Amatia was uh, one of the kings of the Davidic dynasty. However, the Amar believe Masore beadinu matur Amots va Amatia Achim. Uchtiv Chazon Yeshaya ben Amots. Beautiful. Who was Amatia's brother? Amots. And who was Amots? Yeshaya's father. Who was Yeshaya? He was a prophet. And it says Chazon Yeshaya ben Amots. And we have a tradition that when it's ever it says. The prophet, the son of so and so, that means he was a prophet and his father was a prophet. So therefore, you see that Amotz was a prophet, and therefore you see what that from Tamar came kings, David and everybody, and also Nevi'im. So that's why you need to know Amotz and Amatia were brothers, because once already we Amatia we know is the Vedic dynasty. <coughs> so what do I have to know Amotz for? To show you that even prophets came out of uh, of Tamar. Rashi. Amot v'amatia. Just look at Rashi. That's a straightforward, like we said. Okay, another Masor we have. Makom Aron enom enamida. The place of the Aron in the Beit HaMikdash does not take any space. Does not take any space, which means... Uh, Let's say the Beit HaMikdash is ten amot wide. Okay? And the Aron itself is two and a half wide. So when you put the Aron on the ground, you measured five amah and five amah. Didn't eat up any space. If, it's two, if it takes two and a half, so it's going to eat away from both sides. You're not going to have ten across. But when they measured from this side to the end, it was five. And this side to the end, it was five. How could it be? Yeah, that was, it was a... It was a Architectural uh, miracle that Aaron itself did not take any space. Tanya na mea we have brighter. Aaron chasa Moshe Rabenu yeshlo eser amot lechol ruach. Okay, not five, ten amot, because the the width of the the mikdash was twenty. 
Now, how can it be 10 on this side, 10 on this side? So, Yomara says, Uchtiv, the Fnea David is Sima Maorich. Uchtiv, Kanaf Keruv, Had Esalamot, Uchtav Keruv, Had Esalamot. It says, each Keruv, the cherubs, each one hovered 10 Amot. So, Yomara says, Aron Gufe, Echabekai. Where was Aron? Ela Lavsh Mamina, Benesaya Omed. Look at that sheet. Uh, first uh, column on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It did not take any space from the ground. The whole bite was 2120. Okay, fine. And that's a big hadush. That's a big hadush. There has to be Musar on that. That Makoma uh, Mikdash, the spiritual vacuum. What means what? Enom and Amida doesn't take any space. What does it mean? Doesn't take any space. How do we learn that? Doesn't take any space. You have to learn it. it has to be Musar. Makom Aaron Enom and Amida. It doesn't take any space. Right, we'll have to figure that out. We'll have to say Musar on that. Because obviously God doesn't make a miracle for no reason. Understand that? Which means, uh, what's the what's the Musa? Let it be Menamida. Doesn't take any space. Which means that's already means like this: something that's spiritual doesn't take up any space right, it's a spiritual item so therefore that's what it's saying that the the Aron itself is Enom and Amida the Aron itself is Enom and Amida since it's spiritual it doesn't take up uh, any any space in the Beit HaMikdash that means it's Lemalam and Ateva it's above, so those people that are involved in uh, in uh, Torah they're not involved in any of the rules, let's say. They're not bound by the rules of Olam Azeh. They're, they're above Tehfat. The miracles happen to them. Things happen. They can suspend the laws of nature. The Aron itself is on a higher is on a higher order. Okay, something, something to that extent. Okay, let's go a little more. Uh, All right, we're continuing uh, the Dafa you and me. We just have uh, the Amud Bet to do. Rabbi Yonatan Patach la Petchada Ipar Shata Mehacha. When Rabbi Yonatan wanted to teach Megillat Esther, he used to open up the Megillat Esther with a, not a joke, but with an opening pasuk, with an introductory pasuk. The pasuk is talking about uh, the future troubles that was destined to come on the Babylonians. Okay, Sama. As it says in the pasuk in Yeshaya, God says, I'm going to rise upon Babel, Babel, and I'm going to destroy Babel. Shem Ushar Venin Veneched Neumashem. That there's not going to be any remnant, not any remainder that's going to remain from Babel. So the Gemara is Doresh every single word. Shem Zeaketav. That the Babylonians do not have their own uh, font of writing. They use a ktav from a different nation. She'er zelashon. That they're not going to have their own language. Nin zemalchut. God's going to take away their kingdom. Venechet zu Vashti. Vashti was the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. And the, the prophet already prophesied that the Neked, the granddaughter of Hasvero of Nebuchadnezzar, is going to be destroyed. Rabbi Shemuel Benachmani patach la pitchad ha'ipar When he opened up his derash and Megillah, he started with the following pasuk also in Yeshaya. Tachat na'asus ya'ale berosh. Vetachat asirpad ya'ale hadas. A na'asus is like a uh, thorn. Instead of the thorn, there's going to rise a brosh, which is something uh, something good. 
Vetata Sirpat also is a type of uh, 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 cactus or something. Yale Hadas, it says it's going to come up a myrtle branch. So the Gabbana says, Tata Nahas, who's the thorn? Tata that he made himself an Avodaz, that he made himself a deity. So, so instead of the guy that made himself an Avodazara, which is Haman Ya'ale Berosh, what is Berosh? Zeh Mordechai. Shinikra Rosh, Nechola Bissamim. Mordechai is called the, exactly, the head of all the Bissamim. Shinikmar, Beata Ka'alecha Bissamim Rosh, Morderor. The first of the Bissamim that the Torah talks about is a Bissamim called Morderon. How does the Targum interpret the word Morderon? So Mordechai is like a Bissamim. Berosh is a Bissamim. So instead of the Na'atzot, was the Abod Azarah of Aman, Ya'ali Berosh will come the fragrant man, which is Mordechai. The wicked Vashti. But Benosh and Nebuchadnezzar, the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar, she saraf the fidat betashim that destroyed the fidat. The fidat is the temple, the palace. The chitiv the fidat tozahav that referred to the kaporet, the way the shekinah rested on which was was gold. Yale hadas, who's hadas? Zu Esther asadeket shenikra. At the end of the pasuk says, "Vaya l'Hashem l'Hashem zu mikra migila." Vaya l'Hashem l'Hashem, and then there will be a name for God. Zu mikra migila is referring to mikra migila. Leot olam lo yikaret elu yeme purim, and it will be forever. This is referring to the days of purim. Now that I'm looking at this gemara, I want to answer a question that we had earlier. You see the Gemara's learning on the Pasuk, that it'll be for God a name. What does that mean, there'll be a God for name? The Gemara says this is referring to Mikra Megila. So if you remember, we had a question earlier. Very good. We had a question on Davzayin when we read the Rashi. Kavuni Lidorot. Right. Right? Esther sent the lesson message to Akamim. Establish me for the generations. So that she says Liyom Tov. Right? For a uh, for a holiday. Velikriya. And read me, meaning I want it to be read. Liyot li leshem. To be for me a name. No, with that she was saying, and that's what it means over here in the Pasuk. Which means that she was giving them the derasha, as it says in Yeshaya, not that she was saying that she wants to make a name for herself. That's the Mikra which is in this Pasuk over here. So it wasn't something personal, she was quoting the, the Pasuk of Yeshaya. Opened up the parasha from the following. That just like God is going to rejoice and be happy in order to to, to, to increase your, uh, 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 your 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 happiness. Can That God forbid that the people don't keep the mitzvot. God is going to be rejoicing to destroy on Yisrael. So the Gemara says, "What? Does God?" Rejoice when he kills the Rishaim. Yeah. Why doesn't it mention uh, in, the, in the discussion over here when the Ammon and Moab were coming to fight against Am Yisrael? So it says, uh, and Am Yisrael was beating Ammon and Moab, but it doesn't say in that pasuk Kitov. God is not happy when the Rishayim are dying. This is when the Jewish people came out of Egypt. Which simply means the Egyptian army did not reach the Jewish army. There was a separation between them the entire night. However, when it says Ze'el Ze'el, we know who says Ze'el Ze'el. The angels, when the Egyptians were drowning in Yamsuf, the angels wanted to sing a song to God. Finally, the Shaim are drowning. My uh, handiwork is drowning in the Yam, and you want to sing songs? Which means you see that what? 
you're not allowed to sing at the time of the destruction of the Nisha'im. So why does it say then that God says in the Pasuk from the Prophet that just like I rejoice to reward you, I'm going to rejoice to punish. I thought God doesn't rejoice. says, God himself is not happy with the destruction of the Nisha'im. Aval Which means he causes others uh, to rejoice uh, when the Nisha'im die. Which means the Goyim are going to rejoice when the Nisha'im of Am Yisrael are going to, to fall. He himself doesn't rejoice, but he causes others to rejoice. As it says, He will cause others to rejoice. The Goyim are happy when Am Yisrael fall. But it doesn't say he, he himself now we'll just say uh, one uh, on this Gemara what does it mean in this Gemara when it says that the angels wanted to sing songs when the Jewish people were at Yamsuf and the Egyptians were drowning so they wanted to sing a song so God says my creatures are drowning in Yamsuf and you want to sing a song which simply means even the Egyptians are creations of God. And God is never rejoicing when he has to destroy his creation. When a person is a, is a craftsman, and he makes something, and it breaks. He's never happy. He made it. And therefore it's his craftsmanship. But I once heard a wonderful explanation from a rabbi called Hatam Sofer to explain this Gemara in a totally different way. There was a story that's told in the Prophets in the time of Hezkiah HaMelech, Hezkiah the king. Hezkiah the king was being surrounded and besieged by the armies of Sanhirif. Sanhirif had 180,000 soldiers that were besieging Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. You talk today in the conflict, 50,000 soldiers, no, this picture, 180,000 soldiers, anti-Semites, that are besieging Jerusalem on the outside of the wall. And Hezkiah is penned up inside the wall. So they tell Hezkiah, what are we going to do? What, what, what should we do? So he says, today is Pesach. We're not doing anything. We're going to go have Seder. And we're going to eat the matzah. And we're going to have a, you know, a regular Seder with all the mitzvot. And the Kadosh Baruch Hu is going to make the miracles for us. So what happened? The next morning, the first day of Pesach, they notice it's very, very eerily quiet on the other side of the, of the wall. Now, 100, 180,000 people, you hear them breathing. If they're just breathing, you hear the breathing of 180,000 people, let alone the rustling and the noise, all of a sudden silent. They go to the other side of the mountain, to the wall, and they see 180,000 soldiers. They're all dead. They all died in their sleep. And the war was over, and they didn't have to shoot a bullet. They didn't have to do anything. So the Gemara says, how did they die? It says they died a very pleasant death in their sleep. How? It says when the angels were singing Kadosh Baruch that night, Kadosh, 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 they were singing song. At the time that the angels were singing the song, they drew the Neshamot of Sanhalib soldiers very, very easily and very painlessly to their death. Sanhalib had a zikhut. Sanhalib, the Gemara says, had a zikhut. He respected Yerushalayim, he respected God. And therefore, his soldiers, although they had to die, but they didn't die in a painful way. So the Hatam Sufis says, what do you learn from this? That when the angels sing, those that die at the time that the angels sing, they die a pleasant death. So now what happened? The Jewish people are leaving Egypt. And all the Egyptians are drowning. <laughs> so the angels wanted to sing uh-huh. a song. Nice. And if they were to sing a song, what would happen? Pleasant. The Egyptians would die a pleasant death. So what does God say to the angels? These are the Jewish people, these are the Egyptians that took Jewish babies and drowned them in the river. My children, I still see them drowning in the waters. And you want to sing these Egyptians to death? Let them suffer. Let them suffer in the waters. God says, I cannot uh, 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 atone for what they did to the Jewish people. They buried, they drowned Amisel in the waters. So therefore, it takes a whole different spin on the Gemara. Instead of that, uh, as if uh, as if God was 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 commiserating with the Rishayim. On the contrary, 
God said, let him suffer. And it says they did. Like it says in the Pasuk, uh, it says three things in the Pasuk when the Egyptians were drowning in the water. One Pasuk says, Salilu ka'oferet. What is Salilu ka'oferet? They drowned, they fell to the bottom of the yam like lead. And another Pasuk says, what? Another Pasuk says, Yochelemo uh, kakash. The water ate them like straw. Another pasuk says, They fell like a rock. So the Gemara asks, uh, Make up your mind. Did they fall like lead? Did they fall like a rock? Or did they fall like straw? So it depends. The best of them died a easier death like lead. The lead just fell to the bottom of the water immediately, heavy, and they died immediately. The ones that were mediocre like a rock. A rock is lighter. It takes time for it to, to fall. And the biggest of the Rishayim, like straw. When you throw straw underwater, what happens? <laughs> it just tumbles around and tumbles around. So therefore, you see that what? That every single Egyptian that drowned in the water was measured. It was the, when he punishes the Rishayim, you shouldn't think that it was just a mass death. That everybody got the same exact punishment. The execution of God is very meticulous. And therefore, every single person that suffered gets exactly what he deserved, not more and not less. There's no randomness. There's no mistake. There's no accident. All this is uh, done very, very, uh, uh, thank you. Very, 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 very accurately.